production. Part four of our series showcasing successful regional Queensland business founders has you and I catching up with two female entrepreneurs that are making a serious dent in their respective industries, and they couldn't be more different. It's a get out of the way, I'm on a mission, episode 570 of the 12-year-old award-winning small business big marketing podcast. And welcome back to your weekly dose of marketing melodrama. I'm your host, Timbo Reed, and I have an insatiable curiosity for uncovering marketing strategies and ideas that help businesses just like yours to grow. You, infinitely more importantly, are a motivated business owner and you're ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire that it absolutely deserves to be. And that is why this podcast exists. And so that makes you in the right place. Well done. As per usual, team, there is marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. Quick check-in before we meet the first of two guests today. Just want to see if you're enjoying this regional Queensland special showcasing amazing businesses up and down the regional Queensland coast. It is an eight-part series, so we're sort of, we're getting our way through, we're halfway. It's also been made up of breakfast sessions, so I've been actually going to each of these regional towns from Cairns all the way down to the Gold Coast and putting on these breakfast sessions on behalf of Southern Cross Osterio and the Listener Network, where we're getting business owners come along, have a nice breakfast, hear me rattle on for an hour about marketing, and then I host a panel discussion with each of the two guests that are appearing on the podcast. So that's been really interesting. There's some great stuff going on in the regions, not just in Queensland, but I'm sure in all the other regional cities around Australia. They would appear, they being the business owners who live in these cities, they would appear to have a healthier lifestyle. It's not all about work, which is kind of nice, a refreshing uh, thing to see. They do lack the support, though, that you, if you're in the big smoke, you know, in one of the big cities, that you get and sort of take for granted. And they seem to work together a lot more, these regional business owners. They collaborate, they support and encourage each other along, even if they're in competing industries, which is really lovely to see. Amazing guests coming up, guys, as part of the remainder of this series. So be sure, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast. Hit the subscribe button now on your podcast app and you will never miss another episode. Okay, so this week we head further south from Mackay down to Rockhampton, as the locals like to call it, Rocky, to meet Leah Sampson, aka Queen Cherry Bomb, more on that in a minute, who's identified a hungry gap in the market for motorcycle gear for women. But first, let's meet Katrina Horton, who at the age of 37 was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer, which led to six months of intense chemo and radiotherapy followed by a double mastectomy. Now, I'm not sure where those faced with great adversity summon the strength to look beyond their own challenges and seek to support and help others, but in Kat's case, Katrina's case. It was very familiar of me, wasn't it? While battling through 
concentration challenges and the sheer exhaustion of what she was going through, she somehow found the wherewithal to make things easier and better for her fellow survivors. And that's where her range of fashionable mastectomy bras and swimwear was born out of. Lovingly called Know Your Knockers. (laughs) There's humour in everything, right? She already has three staff, eight products and has shipped to eight countries, and it's a very young business. Here's Katrina talking about what happened to her in 2018. So in 2018, I was diagnosed with stage sort of 2-3 uh, breast cancer, and which obviously came as a shock. I was only 37 at the time, and I went through a series of treatments. So I had what they call neoadjuvant therapy where you have chemotherapy first. Then I had a double mastectomy followed by radiation. So it was a fairly traumatic time for myself and the family. Uh, A cancer diagnosis is very confronting and certainly throws up a a lot of emotions and um, sends you into a bit of a spin, to be honest. You say on your website, during that cancer journey that you had and maybe still having, you decided it was really important to use your skills to help your fellow cancer warriors. And you started the Know Your Knockers Breast Cancer Pocket Guide. Was that the start of your your business journey? Yeah, it was the start. I found the journey, so to speak, uh, quite lonely and, and very difficult to find things that I thought would suit me, particularly being a uh, younger cancer patient, three kids, you know, it's, it's just something you don't think is going to happen to you. So I decided I wanted to provide some really succinct information for women out there where they could find products and services really simply. They could also find very tailored information that they might be looking for. It's almost like trying to get people off Google. Uh, one of the things that mm. you find when you have a cancer diagnosis is you tend to Google a lot and you uh, are Googling things like, what is the statistics of my cancer returning? Um, you know, should I get a double mastectomy? Should I uh, get a lumpectomy? All of these different things were running through my mind all the time. And I I wanted to find a place or I, I was looking for a place where all of that information might come together particularly in a booklet form, simply because I found it difficult to read things on my phone or on iPads because of the chemotherapy drugs. So I started the guide. I got together with a number of surgeons, physios, um, oncologists, radiation therapists, all this sort of thing to be able to pull together the best material that we could find and the most up-to-date material for patients that were going through breast cancer treatment. They're quite significant guides, Kat. I mean, these are 80-page guides that are full of really, really useful information that, like, as you say, I mean, Dr. Google's one thing, but Dr. Google can be a little bit scary. So the fact that you've yes. gone to to so much trouble, was it was it part distraction of what you were going through or it was just 100% like, wow, this doesn't exist for women of my age and it needs I, to? Yeah, I would say that's 50-50. You know, part of it is distraction. I've always worked full time in very high level sorts of jobs. So, you know, I found out I had cancer on the Monday and was basically taking a a year's leave the next day. So it's a time when you do need distraction. And Mm -hmm. I like doing positive things and I like to give back. I think that's really, really important for everyone. If you have, you know, skills and attributes that you can use, then, you know, try to 
cut off a part of that to give back to your community and, and your fellow people who are going through something similar to yourself. So, so you create these guides. And by the way, these guides are also localised. So they're not just, not just yeah. one breast cancer pocket guide. There are a number for the various regions around Rockhampton, which is absolutely fantastic. You create these guides, which are essentially large e-books. What, did you then yes. create a website that allowed them to be distributed? How did, you, how did you get that information out there? So the best distribution model for me was to be able to go through the breast cancer network, mm. okay? So what happens when you get breast cancer is you sort of get given a, a breast cancer nurse and they are the loveliest people that you will meet and so caring. Uh, they give you lots of information and advice and support you at each step uh, along your treatment plan. Mm-hmm. So I decided to contact all of those breast care nurses and distribute these guides through the hospitals through them. We also have a number of GPs, surgeons, as I said before, oncologists that have these guides in their offices that they take. I also get personal contacts from people saying, my daughter's going through cancer. Would you be able to send me one of your guides? Um, I'd love for her to to mm-hmm. you know have one and be able to read the really rich information that's in there. So, it's all very positive. It's a very positive piece. So these guides are out there, Kat. You're building a bit of a community, whether you know it or not, uh, and yeah. probably a bit of a, a personal brand inside inside that local niche. You yes. are healing and you have a full-time career as an economist. At yes. what point do you decide, you know what, I'm going to manufacture uh, gear for women who are going through what I've been through? I know, it's crazy, Tim, honestly. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> going to say that, but hey, you know, <laughs> I think it's really impressive. Well, yeah, look, let's get real. That's really crazy. Um, when people <laughs> say it back to me, I think, what was I thinking on that day? <laughs> right. um, well, look, for me, it was. it's about finding confidence in trauma, essentially. And part of that confidence for me was being able to have products that were going to suit my new body, at 37 to kind of under, to sort of, you know, picture yourself um, breastless uh, is very, very difficult. And it's, and to be honest, there's more people looking at um, having flat closure than, than there is having a reconstruction. So it was important for me to have products that I like, that are comfortable and that are going to suit my lifestyle. Living in Queensland, um, I live in Yapoon. Uh, it's a beautiful location. I wear skinny strap dresses and I want to be able Hot. to do that some more. You know, so I decided to design two bras with a absolutely beautiful designer in Brisbane, Brenda Barnett, and we worked on these products. And over a six-month period, we went from, well, it was probably less than that, a four-month period, we went from uh, design to manufacture to international orders. So it was a quick process. I thank the Smart Hub in Rockhampton for that simply because they really pushed me to get this product out there and test it and trial it as quickly as I could. You know, fast failure, I think is is sometimes the best way to do it. So we got the product to market and it works. And we're continually updating our designs and looking at new ways of doing things and also adding new products to the list as well. Tell us about fast failure. What's that look like? Look, for me, I don't, you know, having just finished breast cancer treatment, I don't have a lot of money to invest into the business. So for me, it was about being able to do this as quickly as I could, test the market. And if it was going to, if it wasn't going to work, then I would be able to exit uh, a lot quicker and not 
drag this out over a two or three year period and then figure out that actually in that two or three year period, I've uh, lost myself 50 to $100,000. Um, mm. I'd rather drop 15 to 20 and, and realise that this isn't going to work and exit at that stage. Uh, but mm-hmm. I've been very lucky, you know, to be able to find a niche in the market where I know people need products and I know people want good quality Australian manufactured goods as well. There must be something going on up in that Rockhampton area because we've also interviewed Leah, aka Queen Cherry Bomb, uh, yes. who, who, ide- who identified a gap in the market that there is no good funky clothes for women who ride motorbikes, which is yes. amazing. You have identified a gap in the market for younger women who get breast cancer who uh, there are no mastectomy bras that are anything more than functional because you've kind of got this brand that walks that tightrope, right, between form and fashion, I guess, which yes. must be a pretty hard one to walk. Is that is that what you're doing? Yes, it's very, very difficult. Um, I'm very fashion conscious. I like mm-hmm. to look nice uh, in my job and in my everyday wear. I like to feel comfortable in what I wear at the same time. And finding bras that make you feel sexy and look nice under your clothes and give you shape is very, very difficult. And designing those, being able to choose specific materials for people who have had radiation burns. I have two 18-centimetre mm. scars across my chest, so I'm very, it's a quite a sensitive area. So it, it's not just the design, it's also the fabrics. It's also the you know this, where the seams are placed, things like that. Is it a, a moisture-wicking material where it takes away the sweat so it's not rubbing on your skin? So there's a lot of thought that goes into this process And then on top of that, I'm also saying to the designer, well, it has to look good, you know. Um, Mm. So it's, yeah, it is a very, very tight sort of line, but we're getting there and I feel like we've we've found some, some nice ways of being able to do it. I find it amazing that no other brand has gone down this path before. There are some big brands out there that could have. Yes, especially in Australia. I mean, in the US, I have found some products that I, you know, I've ordered and checked them out and, you know, comparing what could we do and why does that not work and those sorts of things. And they're not as functional. And I think that's the thing I really like about Aussies, so to speak, is we we really, when we do things, we do things at a very high level. And I feel like the difference between my products and perhaps similar products, particularly in the US, is that the quality of our garments is just just far beyond uh, what mm. what is being delivered elsewhere. You're building a business out of adversity, Kat, versus a business built out of, you know, a need for profit and money, which, you know, you still you still got to do that. How yes. does that differ? How does it, what does adversity bring to the party as you grow this business? For me, it brings passion, a level of commitment that perhaps I may not have found in another style of business. It also brings compassion for my customer mm. because I understand, I get it. When they ask me questions, I, I resonate completely with what they are saying and how they are feeling and their thoughts around body image and and issues like that. Uh, it, it's a very difficult space uh, breast cancer and it's becoming more and more common. It's now one in seven 
you know, and a lot of, lot more younger women are being infected with this disease, which concerns me. And I want to be able to provide things for them that are going to make their lives a lot more comfortable because we are also living longer, which is perfect. And, you know, the customer is here for a lot longer, uh, mm. but we need to look after that customer and we need to ensure that they can have a very fulfilling life and a very confident life and be able to go back to their workplaces, uh, you know, be a great mum, be a great wife, be a great girlfriend, all of those things, but feel that in themselves as well. You operate, as you say, in a sad, challenging space. I imagine Mm. it's also very uplifting, but you're going through your own personal journey of healing. You are dealing with women who are at various stages of their journey with breast cancer. You still manage to inject, and I don't know whether it's the right word, but I'm going to use it, humour into your brand. In fact, I'm looking at a photo of you right now with a T-shirt. Can you describe that T-shirt? Because as a bloke, I'm just going to trip over my tongue. To describe hey, look, the T-shirt. It's it's called my big titty tea. And it's, it's <laughs> really, <laughs> it's really about, uh, you know, raising awareness for boobs and checking your boobs and that, uh, you know, whilst uh, they may be fun in some circumstances, they are also a very serious part of our bodies that can cause women a whole lot of grief. Uh, so it's about being able to display that message. When I wear that T-shirt, I get lots of questions. And that's No excellent. doubt. That's can you describe it for, uh, for us, please? Well, as I say, it's the big titty tea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Look, I'll, so I'll, I'll, I'm going to have to do, do it. it. Do it, do it. <laughs> I'm going to muck this up. It's, it's, a, it's a very simplistic drawing of boobs, a couple of sort of almost like smiley faces with a couple of dots for nipples. And, um, Correct. you know, it's, it does. It, it, bring, it puts a smile on your dial in, like I say, in, in a category that probably lacks a lot of smiles. So humour and your brand, is it something that is a core personality trait of your brand going forward or at least giving people the ability to smile? Yeah, a hundred percent. Look, I there's a very there's a very serious message with breast cancer, and that is, ladies, you need to check your boobs. It, it, you are not too young. That that's the fundamental message is that you need to get into a routine of being able to check your boobs. So that's number one. So yes, there is a serious message, mm. but at the same time, I'm also a very positive and upbeat person, mm. and I think going through traumatic events, whether it's uh, losing someone, getting cancer, you know, another sort of health scare really changes your perception and you have a few choices when it comes to that. Uh, And my choice was to be able to say, okay, uh, we need to spread this message and the best way to sometimes spread those messages is to have a laugh and to try and eliminate some of, like almost people are so fearful of this yeah. that they can't speak about it and they can't talk about it and they can't resonate and they don't want to know, they want to put their head in the sand. Well, you can't put your head in the sand, you know, and I, and I still do believe and I, you know, ha- speak with lots of breast cancer patients, you, you just have to get up and get on with it mm. and, and you have to, you know, try and see the positive in it. You have to try and be as, as strong as what you possibly can on any um, given day. You have bad days but... The next day, you have to get back on the horse, you know. Uh, it's really important. 
Can, as part of the marketing for KYK, the label, do you sort of go down that path? Are you creating lots of content besides the breast cancer pocket guides, which is just just awesome content in itself? But you yeah. sort of got plans to have a YouTube channel where all the frequently asked questions are answered by women who find themselves in that situation. Are you? Is there a podcast on the horizon? A blog? A book? You know, is there so much that you could yeah. do? It'd be quite overwhelming. But to me, I mean. It, it would appear to be ideal marketing for a brand like yours. Yeah, absolutely. And th- those are all things that are currently in the pipeline. So I right. write a number of blogs and I also create blogs out of the work that I do with surgeons and oncologists and getting their information as well, which is great, great content. Um, and I'm very lucky for that. And certainly uh, I would encourage people if you're in that kind of field to look for those, uh, you know, those sorts of messages from highly skilled individuals. It gives you, I guess, you know, I guess. Credibility. Credibility, exactly. Well, it's also actually a great way of curating content because as a small business owner, you know, we can't do everything. And, you know, no. I know the listeners here going, oh, I need to be blogging, I need to be podcasting, I need to be doing all this. But the reality is you can also curate content from others. So getting a surgeon or an oncologist in yes. to give his or her point of view and then you add to it, I mean, it's all Absolutely. incredibly valuable And there's so content. many changes that happen in bre- within breast cancer with new drugs on the horizon. You know, uh, survival rates are very high, which is very good, but it's just getting that message out there. I do lots of work on Facebook and Instagram simply because that was kind of low-hanging fruit for me at the beginning. And I also created a sort of a KYK VIPs and that really got a lot of nice. really good traction and they've they've helped me they've provided advice on product drops color drops things like that what, what, uh, what does that look like is that a group of that is that sort of like a sounding board a group Facebook group and I just started it um, during my work at the smart hub and it, it really just got momentum really quickly and so mm. people just join in and will have a chat to me you know cat how do the pockets work on this bra or can you do a video for us looking at these things? So I'll provide videos and content through that space because I'm dealing directly with my customer. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting feedback directly from my customer, uh, but I'm also being able to provide them with the content that they really need. Um, so it's really direct, which is great. Mm-hmm. And then I have my sort of, uh, you know, KYK the label Facebook channel and Instagram, which is great as well, but it's more about a mix between raising awareness and, you know, my clothing and mastectomy range as well. Tell me about the name, Kat, because you've got the domain name, which is kykthelabel.com. Uh, yes. Then Know Your Knockers is is what? Is that the label that would appear on your bras? Yes. Um, so, and and yes. do you wish... In high on reflection, that you just gone with knowyourknockers.com. Oh, look, the the brand name was like a total just head spin for me because <laughs> right. I really I don't consider myself a marketing person. So branding and things like that for me was like, what? I don't know, you know, what what's a great name? And I started Know Your Knockers because it was more like a catch cry. It was more like a um, you know, this is what you should a, be doing. A reminder. Uh, yeah, like a call to action. And, and then I went down, I actually changed my brand name to F-U-K Cancer. So we started with this particular brand name and I said I'd trial it for a year. And I just decided at the end of that year that it probably wasn't the brand that I wanted to go mm. for. It wasn't the direction I was looking for. And I T- love Totally wrong. 
Yeah, and I loved the KYK. It was kind of, I, I was sort of in a position where I was given a bit of advice to go down that road and I took it and I sort of trusted, I was trying to trust the process. Mm. And then I sort of got to a year down the track and went, no, I'm going to change. I'm going to go back to my original branding, which was mm. around this Know Your Knockets. And so the clothing range went to KYK, the label, which I love. I really, really love it. And it resonates mm. with me. It's who I am. You know, it is about that humour um, and it's about bringing that humour into uh, my products, but it's also about bringing that message into my products as well. So my daughter is 13 and she wears KYK, the label bras because of the material, because it's very difficult to find preteen bras and things like that and, and, you know, early teen bras. So she wears the bras simply because the material is beautiful and soft and quite kind to their very young skin. But that messaging that comes through with the bra is really important for her and her friends as well. So well, you've, you've I, got I, that whole opportunity of a conversation starter. I interviewed the fellows from Trademutt a couple of yes. years ago. You know, which is a a, a awesome. work. Pl- Awesome brand, workwear brand, yes. built off the back of one of their one of their mates suiciding uh, yep. on the in the workplace, and you know now Trademart is not only a brand that is raising money and awareness for it, but the conversation starter. I think on the on the back of every Trademart shirt, oh. it says this shirt is a conversation starter, and I guess for your bras and for your label and for the swim wear that you're putting out, sure they're yep. garments. But yes. boy, oh boy, they are so much more than that. And they are conversation they are. starters and they are awareness raising and they are solving a problem and they are making yeah. people, who, women who have probably lost confidence, regaining their yes. confidence. So, you know, Kat, I just think what you're doing is, is awesome and it's so exciting and beautiful to talk to a, a business owner on an absolute mission with a why as strong as anyone's why in the world. And I just wish you all the success in the world. Thanks so much, Tim. Katrina Horton, ladies and gents, if you weren't feeling inspired before that chat, I'm guessing you are right now. KYKTheLabel.com is where you'll find her. And you know what I'd love you to do? One of two things or two of two things. Send her a note of support through her website. Just go to the contact page, KYKTheLabel.com. Or even better, there's a donate button at the top of her website where... For 65 Aussie dollars, about five euro, you're with me, you can donate a bra to a breast cancer patient who can't afford one herself. So please do one or two of those things. That'd be awesome. What wasn't there to love about that chat with Katrina? I love her drive. I love that she's found enormous purpose through the trauma that she's endured. I love her fail fast mentality. And I think her breast cancer pocket guides at a marketing level were a genius play on both giving back, but also just a really smart marketing play in order to build a list of raving fans. That's what grabbed my attention. I'd love to know what grabbed yours. Ring the hotline on 0480-015-150. Leave your website address or business name. I might play it on air in an upcoming episode. Okay, team, let's go and meet our next Rockhampton business founder, Leah Sampson, a.k.a. 
Queen Cherry Bomb. (laughs) That's her nom de plume and the name of her women's motorcycle apparel business. Following a 20-year career in human services, Leah finally decided she'd had enough. Leah is a cubicle escapee. We love them. Plus, as a fiery redhead motorcycle chick, she was also pissed off by the fact that motorcycle apparel manufacturers were only catering to the blokes. And it was almost impossible to find cool-looking leathers and accessories for women motorcycle riders. In steps Leah, with no business owning or manufacturing skills whatsoever, and Queen Cherry Bomb is born. I find that so incredibly inspiring. So here's cubicle escapee Leah Sampson explaining why she left a comfy corporate job of some 20 years. When I kind of say that I left a career, I feel like it's an extension of my career because basically, you know, you kind of go off to uni and you have these big dreams. I had these big dreams that I was going to change the world. You know, very kind of high morals and and I had these ideas about what I wanted to do. And it's 20 years in human services, you realise that there's systems within systems that are so difficult to change. And I started to understand how business works. And what I found was that within business, there's a lot more room for creativity. And with creativity, you can make a difference. So I saw some of these businesses doing some really amazing things and making real changes in the world. And I thought, my goals are still the same. My vision is still the same. But how do I, how do I make an impact but just do it slightly different? I was sick of banging my head up against a, a brick wall within some of the systems. Had, had you always wanted to run your own business? Oh, I actually had this conversation with my partner the other day um, and looking back at how long ago I started thinking about business and I reckon it was about 15 years ago. But they're, they're all different though, um, you know, hugely into fitness loved fashion. You were one of these yeah. people who had idea after idea yeah. after idea thinking, I could do that, and you oh, no, no. So what was it about yeah. Queen Cherry Bomb that yeah. made you actually take the leap? Were you fed up with coming up with ideas or you just actually thought, hang on, no, this one feels very right? Yes, that, that was it. Basically, my partner, again, he encouraged me to attend a startup weekend. Had no idea what a startup weekend was. I said, okay, because I always say yes to things, especially if I'm a little bit nervous about it. I think, oh, you know what? I'm not getting any younger. Life is there to be lived. Let's say yes. Try anything twice. (laughs) Let's just get it done. So I, um, I said, okay, I'll go. And I had two ideas that I had playing in my head and I wasn't even sure whether I was going to pitch anything, but... They kind of said, you know, up on stage, put your hand up if you want to pitch something. And there wasn't many hands going up. And I thought, oh, I'm going to do it. So I put my hand up. I'm thinking, what am I doing? Love it. And as they were talking, they said, I know people have more than one idea, but you can only choose one. And so it was that split second, literally. They said, okay, they called me out of the audience and I got up on stage and they said, what's your idea? And it was within those couple of seconds that I decided to go with Queen Cherry Bomb. Really? And yeah. What was the other idea? Uh, the other idea was actually around life coaching. And they sound two very different things, but there is a similarity because the root comes from being able to empower women. So that's where the heart of it comes from. Mm-hmm. But the fun one and the one that gives me energy is the Queen Cherry Bomb. 
so yeah, I pitched this idea and I, I, I said I want to create bespoke motorcycle wear for women. And next thing I've got all these people saying, yeah, yeah, cheering me on and, and wanting to join my team. So it's fantastic. Crazy. Does that still give yeah. you goosebumps, that story? It does. Yeah, it yeah. Does. No doubt. And I'm really connected to these people who were there on the original conception so yeah you are obviously a, a, a motorbike rider something that you yes. enjoy in in your downtime <laughs> or uptime depending on <laughs> yeah. what, how, you, how you look at it was there clearly a gap in the market for cool yeah gear for women who ride bikes it was was it a, yeah. a male dominated industry absolutely absolutely yeah it, there was a very clear gap but I think the problem for me for the previous 10 15 years was that I thought it was just me. I thought I was the problem. I'm too small. It doesn't fit me because of these reasons or I'm too picky. And I thought, hang on a second. And that's not a very, why am I looking at the world like this? There is a serious gap. And when I started speaking to thousands of women all over the world, the same themes were coming up. They have to buy men's gear because there isn't anything that fits them, you know, which gives you safety issues, which gives you fit and comfortable issues. You know, and how, how were you speaking to thousands of women? Were you just putting it out on social? Were you part of a, yeah. a Facebook? Yeah, you're just asking yeah, anyone, socials. any woman who came along. Yes, uh, literally. So I would meet up with groups of women writers. I'd sit down and buy, buy my coffee and just chat to them. Tell me your pain points. Tell me what the problems are with getting gear for women. And I would join Facebook groups. I would... Uh, do surveys. Did it ever forums. occur to you why? Why did this gap exist? I mean, I always get fascinated when yeah. someone identifies a gap in the market because you kind of look at markets and you think everyone is doing everything and there are no mm. opportunities left. You and I both know that that's not true. But yeah. did you ever kind of understand why? Did you speak to manufacturers of existing motorcycle gear and say, why aren't you doing a women's range? Yes, yes, I have. I have and what they say? They said... This is mind-blowing. They said there isn't a market. Women don't ride. They also said women are too picky. <laughs> and I just thought, this Queen is Queen Cherry Bomb at this point is there's steam coming out of your ears. Oh, yeah. And like Yeah, steam is coming out. I'm thinking, this is crazy, you know. It's kind of um, like this. It, just, it, it was almost hard to believe that it was actually still happening. Anyway. So this startup weekend, was it in Rockhampton? Yes. Yeah. You go there. Again, a thing I find amazing is those weekends to not get up and pitch. I mean, what an opportunity! And for people not to do that is like, come on, guys. This is this is why you are here. So good on you for getting up and pitching. You say it. You put it out into the world. A whole lot of people around you are going, Leah. It's an awesome idea. We support you. Yeah. What did you do? to seriously jump off that cliff? I'm not talking like just a little step. What was that big leap that sent you into creating Queen Cherry Bomb? I I feel like once my eyes were open to it, all of these opportunities came. All of these things just appeared in front of me. I had mentors there that have created products or, you know, created million-dollar businesses and experienced you know, had all this amazing experience and they were there ready to say, how can I help you? Hmm. I had, you know, the, the Smart Hub um, itself, uh, the business manager there and, you know, all the, the other people there, they were all willing to support me. There was actually a, it's called a tur- Turbo Traction Lab, which is a, 
I guess it's a business accelerator. Uh, and I think it was probably for people that had started their business. Whereas me, I had no, I had an idea, literally. So the startup weekend was in July. This accelerator course was in August and I just applied for it, did a video and said, this is what I want to do because I was on that path now. I was not coming off that path. And so I got into that. And so that was a 16 week course of, of, you know, taking you through original conception to validation, marketing, snapshots of each kind of area that you need to think about in business. And yeah, the more that I learned, the more I realized I can do this and I'm going to do this. What a fantastic thing to have offered in Rockhampton. So often we mm. think, you know, that kind of, those startup hubs and turbo opera, op, you know, whatever whatever yeah. you call it, they only happen in the big cities. But I know Rockhampton yeah. with the smart hub and having that resource is just yeah. absolutely golden. So, okay, so you do the 16-week course, you probably go through a lot of theory and you've very been very clear at identifying the women that you want to service, mm. the pain points they have, what they're looking for. Time for the rubber to hit the road, excuse the pun. Do you mm. have to go and borrow money? You got a little bit of dough in the back pocket ready to, to kind of splash on your big business idea. How did you finance yeah. it? Yeah, so the beauty of, of, I guess, doing this course and having mentors available was that they had all said, first of all, you know, you do have to have a bit of a chunk of money you're willing to spend because you can't really make money without spending money. And that was as small as probably five grand, I think, um, to have available in case you need it. And yeah, you do need it. You need subscriptions to things, you need systems, technology, whatever. I had a product that I needed to create and working with leather is expensive. But the the beauty of this is that a a lot of these teachers were saying, um, you need to kind of test the market first and validate your idea. So instead of spending a lot of money on product, First of all, uh, create something maybe in a tech way. So I had some tech packs drawn up. My ideas were put onto paper. You know, again, getting feedback from women, uh, asking people how much they would pay for it and just really making sure that my idea was solid before I invested any more money into it. Feedback's a wonderful thing, Leah, and the research you did on social media and you've got your teachers at Smart Hub and all these people surrounding you with opinions. Yes. How do you decide that's a good opinion? That one I'll put to the side, you know, because clearly mm. there must have been naysayers, there must have been people who said you're crazy. Absolutely. How, how yeah. do you just sort of navigate your way through that? Yeah, and to be, that's a great question because, to be honest, I really struggled with that initially because I'm getting this feedback from all of these amazing people who, you know, had done these fantastic things and they were different. You know, one person would say this and another person would say that and start here and and do this and do that. And I guess I did have a little bit of, um, what do they call it, decision fatigue, I guess, where I wasn't making a decision. And that that then impacted me because that would be wasting money, wasting time. And also for me mentally, that wasn't great because I wanted to be moving, not to be stagnant. Like my goal was to be successful, not to be stressed (laughs) and not, you know, not moving. So... My partner, actually, he is one of these people who says, just get on and do it and go and make a decision. We love your partner. I know. What's his name? His name's Caleb. <laughs> oh, Caleb. He's a good guy. We all need a Caleb in our lives. Yeah. So one, of the, one of the things that you've done very well, very early on, is create a brand 
and a yeah. meaningful brand. For, for me, a brand is simply an emotional attachment. You seem to have very quickly created that between you and the women that you provide this product for. Is it something you and, and I don't just mean visually in, in your logo. Queen Cherry Bomb is an ace name. It's got attitude, but you seem <laughs> to be very clear on what your yeah. brand stands for and represents. How did yes. that come about? Uh, it, it's been a journey. I definitely had the name Queen Cherry Bomb at that startup weekend, but it was it's who I am. It's it's actually a ten year journey to get to that point. The name wasn't even an issue. Uh, the brand wasn't an issue. It was quite easy to get there. It was more, what does that embody? And to me, Queen Cherry Bomb is so the red hair, the big vibrant red hair, that, that's kind of the cherry factor. Um, the queen factor is really about all women are queens. And the Cherry Bomb, Queen Cherry Bomb to me, it just says, bang, in your face, this is who we are. So it wasn't, it was a non-issue. It just came up. And once I had decided on the name in that, at that startup pitch, that's it. It just stuck. And I didn't even have time to revisit it. Just from a personal branding point of view, I'm always interested in um, names that are also, I think the, is the phrase a nom de plume? <laughs> is that what it is? Or a monic? I don't know, you know, but, but, you know, like, do people refer to you, oh, there's Queen Cherry Bomb, and do you take on this persona? Lady Gaga's got a, another yeah. name that she uses, you know, to when she's in a creative mode. She's not Lady Gaga. She's like, so, so yeah. for you, actually, it's not Lady Gaga. I think it's Beyonce. A past guest was telling me about this. But okay. Do you sort of slip into a Queen Cherry Bomb kind of persona when you're creating or doing things around your brand? Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, actually for a few years, I've been known as Leah Cherry Bomb just because, I don't know, I'd made that statement somewhere and it just stuck and it went really well with the brand. So I get mail and they call me Cherry Bomb and emails that say Cherry Bomb and I think, how does this happen? But it just sticks and I do, sometimes I just channel that and when I'm, especially when I'm being really creative, just channel it because it is... It's who I've created. I think it's fantastic. Lee, you've gone, again, leaving a human services career, which is services. You are now a product manufacturer. Mm. Like, how do you even do that? How do you find designers? How do you find manufacturers? How, how does that all just come about? Oh, that's the thing. It doesn't just come about. It's, it's a long, it's a process. A lot of talking to people, a lot of, a lot of dead ends, going out and visiting manufacturers if you can locally um there's so many rabbit holes it's just following are you cool with that are you cool with dead ends yeah yeah Uh, yeah i have to be i'm better with dead ends now than i was at the start because originally i thought oh this makes sense i'll go down this path it makes sense and it doesn't like things just don't make sense it's not the, the world that we know it but yeah, it is, I think it's really about building relationships as well. And once you put it out there, people understand what it is that you're after. I'll have people call me now and say, I've got this idea for you, or I came across this manufacturer or this business that you know you may be interested in, in having a chat to. There are so many ideas out there that it's just worth listening to people and you never know where you could end up. Do you feel as though you're building a community of like-minded women? Yes. Absolutely. You, yeah. What's it, in what in what form is that community take? Is it a Facebook yeah. group? Is it I don't know what what is it and how do you nurture it? 
It is a, I do have a Facebook group, but I think it's more than that too. It's also creating a tribe, a like-minded group of people who just, just love what you're doing or love what you stand for. Social media is amazing like that. So Instagram and Facebook have both been fantastic tools to be able to get that message across. And I definitely see the themes of people who love what I do. And now I'll get dads um, email me and say, for my daughter, you know, I love what you do. I love what you stand for. I want to create this for my daughter. And they'll buy a gift voucher or something like that for their daughter because they see that strength and they want their daughter to be able to be part of that. Oh, that's beautiful. It looks to me, Queen Cherry Brom as a brand, Leah, yeah, you're doing the ja- the motorbike jackets, you're doing the accessories, the earrings, you've got T-shirts, mm-hmm. you've got all that going on. It feels to me, and this could be exciting as much as it is daunting, that it's a brand that could extend into motorcycle touring. You almost have a Queen Cherry Bomb motorbike. <laughs> you know, like it, it feels a brand that is very elastic. Yeah. Have you thought about that? And is it scary yes. or exciting? Oh yeah, I've thought about it. Um, oh, a motorbike would be amazing. Nothing is off the table, Tim, nothing. So yeah, I've definitely thought of a motorbike. Uh, I, I don't think that that is too far-fetched. Um, motorcycle touring, that was something that I thought of very early on. I haven't done anything with it, but amazingly, what I now do is uh, myself and another woman, uh, Alison, she heads up Free W. And she is a French woman based in Malaysia who we've connected and we actually, we do online meetups for, for women uh, right across the world to um, talk anything moto. But what she actually does is she teaches women to ride motorbikes um, and a lot of any, any donations that we get through that actually go to that program because what we want to be able to do is teach women to ride so that they have more freedom and they have the ability to maybe gain employment or you know just have more options and more mobility but on the flip side what she and other women that I've met through that group do is take women for tours motorcycle tours all across Southeast Asia so as much as like I haven't created that I've now created an opportunity to be part of that and so to me that's that's just as good like two years ago I couldn't have even imagined where I would be now so uh, you know I'm I'm wondering where I'm going to be in the next two years I couldn't even tell you I get the sense from a business like yours and a, and a personality like yours, Leah, you are itching to go. You are just, there's so much you want to do and clearly you can't do everything at once. Resources yes. in terms of time, money, energy, whatever it may be, they're limited, right? Mm. Um, what, are you, what are you absolutely busting to do that you just can't seem to get over the line right now? One of my dreams is to be able to partner with someone in Australia to create some of this gear here, make it affordable and teach skills to women to be able to produce these different garments. So we don't have, or look, it's a challenge to find all of the skills in one place. So sometimes I have to, I'm talking to people all over the world to be able to get, you know, a piece of um, one garment kind of pulled together. So I would love to be able to create that in Australia, but as some kind of social enterprise, I don't know what that's going to look like, but yeah. 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 I interviewed um, the fellow, his name escapes me right now, but he owns Outland Denim. Um, yeah. 
which is he gets all his stuff made over in one of those Asian countries, but it was a really interesting story because he'd seen a film around sex trafficking in Asian countries. He said, well, I'm going to put a stop to that and create yep. an outland denim as a, as a response to it. And um, he gets all his manufacturing done over there and trains women up to become seamstresses. Yes. And it's just this sort of beautiful ongoing circle of yes, yeah, exactly. hope, hope and help and support. It's fantastic. So it sounds like that's where you're going yeah. as well. That's exactly where I want to End up, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think his his then claim to fame was that uh, Meghan Markle and DiCaprio both were seen wearing his jeans, you know, just oh. you know, random stages. So, may that happen to you. Is there any famous person that's worn Queen Cherry Bombers yet, Leah? No, not yet. Not, not yet. yet. But I, I think we could get that happening. Um, I'd like yeah, you we'll to reach see. out to John Cougar Mellencamp and, and get the rights to Cherry Bomb because I think it's one of the great songs from the 80s. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, yeah. I do get a lot of people saying, oh, that's that song. <laughs> and they'll sing it to me. Well, it kind of suits. I mean, although he's a bloke, but he's a bit of a motorbike, motorcycle rider and looks you know, yeah. looks a little Hell's Angelish. I don't know, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's great, Leah. Oh, well done to you. Queencherrybomb.com is where you can yes. go and find all Leah's fantastic gear. Uh, no sizes, no triple XLs for me there, Leah, so uh, <laughs> I won't be buying anything soon. But, hey, congratulations <laughs> on building something out of wonderful Rockhampton and uh, may you. all your success continue. Thanks so much, Tim. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. There you go, team. Leah Sampson, or as I think she prefers to be known, Queen Cherry Bomb. She certainly looks like Queen Cherry Bomb. What a great story. Just shows we can turn our minds to anything if we're passionate enough, right? There's so much to love about what Leah's up to. Her crystal clear understanding of her ideal customer's pain points and addressing them. The social media research she did. It's the cheapest research you'll ever do. And her fantastic branding just to name a few. Again, if something did grab your attention, I'd love you to tell me by calling the Small Business Big Marketing Hotline, 0480 015 150. If you are from overseas, put a plus six one at the top of that number. Well, I hope you enjoyed this fourth instalment of this series showcasing amazing businesses in regional Queensland. Next week, we head to Bundaberg, Bundy, and hear from a distillery founder... Not the Bundaberg distillery, but he did work there for 13 years, who's just been awarded the best gin in the world, under 50 bucks, at the national, at the international, I should say, Wine and Spirits show in London. Plus, we meet a true Aussie legend in Peter Gash, who owns Lady Elliot Island and the airline, Sea Air, that flies you there. Lady Elliot Island is a beautiful, beautiful island off the Queensland coast. If you'd love to know how and why to create some helpful marketing, then grab a copy of The Boomerang Effect. That is my book over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Stocks are starting to run a little bit low, so get in. I'd love to hear what marketing is working for you, so call the hotline. I've given you that number a few times. Hopefully, it's in your phone by now. If you're loving the Small Business Big Marketing podcast, and if you got this far, clearly you are, then you'll find 569 more episodes on your favourite podcast app, and it has been the case for the past 12 years years, this podcast was presented by me, Timbo Reed. The music bed bashed out by the luxurious Lockie Dolly, but he's never been called that before. And then this entire mess is cobbled together by producer Romy Scher. Until next time, thank you so much for tuning in. May your marketing be the best marketing. Bye for now.